There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, I'm supposed to do something when I say that. I forgot that. Can I, should I count again? Or just yeah, count again. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. My dearest wife. How are you? I'm um, okay. You've gotten all sorts of good, um, <sighs> all sorts of uh, good compliments about your appearance, about your visage on the internet, and social media. My visage on the internet. I do love how people are comfortable enough to ask me how, how, and why you're with me. <laughs> when was my visage on the internet? No, it was a couple days ago, I think. But um, maybe it was Thursday. Oh, when I had to go to my work thing. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, you okay. gotta wear. God, God, what? I'm so. You women, you know, just believe us when we say you look good. What did like you have I nice did... legs, but you don't you don't wear leggy stuff enough. You were like you wear jeans in a hundred degree. <laughs> I like long pants and long just, sleeves. I don't care. And you I wear are them almost the object all the time. of my um, attraction, Alice. There are ways I like you dolled up, and I want you to abide from now on. I I'm busy like cleaning the house and. Cleaning out chicken poop a lot. I don't, you know. So a little bit less though now. By the way, thank you, Gene. Gene, a listener from Connecticut, uh, from, from Connecticut, who listens to WTIC, drove all the way up here, three hours away, to pick up our five guinea fowl and bring them home. They're now Jeans. Thank you, Gene. That ride, I assume, was horrific, especially the return trip where she had, I guess, a, a big and. Uh, a big and loud dog. Loud dog in a in a constricted space full of nervous guinea fowl. <laughs> so uh, who knows? But that is good. So now that is that goes in the less stressed stuff for us. So we don't have to worry about those guys because they've been running in the streets and cars have been swerving because we're the shaddocks and we disrupt <laughs> neighborhoods and in, in the place. So, well, no more guinea fowl. 
No more guinea fowl. Only chickens. I got four great chairs as well, Alice, um, today. Um, It it was such an odd thing, too, because... Oh, well, maybe I won't go through it. Anyway, the transaction, uh, the person wasn't there for for a long time. I'm like, wow, this person actually blew me off. But these chairs, they're beautiful. And so then I was leaving. I left. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll have to just go away um and because they're trying to replace chairs i'm not this is not all hoarder stuff guys and and our kids think you're a hoarder i know i know but they haven't seen a, a, the pros they have no. mom, well yeah they, they, have. Have, they have yeah they so said you, you're not quite there yet but you're working on it i'm not alice i have i am i have there were things that i am looking for canon mm-hmm. a real canon yeah. If you guys know of somebody with a real cannon, I would like one. Even if it's hot. I don't care. I want a cannon. Um, Civil War, Revolutionary War, period. Uh, but I'll take any cannon. <laughs> um, I was what looking- about just the guns they have at some war memorials? The big guns? Oh, like those uh, like water-cooled machine guns and stuff? Mm-hmm. I'd take those, too. Those are awesome. That's what our town has. Um, and it, so, I'm, so, so, um, so I'm looking for spinning wheel. I was wanting one. We now have two, including one that's eight feet tall. But the guy threw it in. He's like, he's like, do you want this one too? I was like, it's an antique. Why not? It's so cool. <laughs> so, so in in um, I'm, I'm gonna bury for... you like an Egyptian pharaoh with all your stuff. <laughs> Good. Yes, I want that to be the way. And so, and I was looking for one of those old Singer sewing machines. Um, that because there's so a lot of those be in your grave in, goods yes. also. And then my, as I mentioned the cannon, and then um. And then uh, just um, kitchen chairs, which we've got four of now. Just need two more. It, those are swapping Dining out the old chairs. ones. Dining room chairs. Yeah, I'm sorry. And then, uh, and then that's pretty much it. Although, although I ha- I, ha- I was in negotiations with somebody about a year and a half ago for some old phones. I think it would be awesome to have old phones, like 1920s phones in the in the family like room. Like with the two parts. The, two parts like or little... close to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that would be really cool. So that was what I was looking for. So anyway, we got rid of the guinea, those guinea fowls. So, <laughs> so now we just have the sun. Without antiquing, I was getting rid of guinea fowl right. and, and removing a lot of items from our mm-hmm. house and making them go away. Right, and it's funny because um, the the it was a young couple who who got me the, the chairs, and right as I was driving away, they walked out of the woods, and the woman, the guy was a really good looking guy. Kind mm-hmm. of in a Noah Wiley. Do you know Noah Wiley? No. He was on ER. Um, Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. Kind of like an Edward Norton way. That kind okay. of. Like. And the woman was absolutely gorgeous, and they had been walking in the woods, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're just trying to get rid of this. Is some of my mom's stuff here. We just, we just moved into town, and so they live in Malden, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and they're a young couple coming out from the woods with a dog." They're a new couple, so they they're walking the dog, you know, which is something that been once there, they, yeah. But and I looked up um, the house because I was trying to find a landline because they were blowing me off, and the house in Malden now sold for five hundred and fifty five thousand dollars. That's the, the you know, mm-hmm. where if you guys depending Malden was not a nice town and is for the most part, it is now becoming a beautiful town. That's where Tom got his picture of the fighting dogs. Was, That's right. This uh, is from, on the street in Malden. Yes, That's that, that house is great not Malden art. But now, so 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 this is what's happening, is that all these towns that were kind of fringe towns, if they're anywhere near a big city, they're being overtaken, they're of course. They're gentrifying. Gentrified. And in this case, it was a, a, a young, handsome couple and their dog, and soon that'll be the 
the, the dog and it'll be kids and and then they'll start going to board of ed meetings and they'll either be masked or not masked depending on what kind of people they are their mask users will probably will be and in somewhere along the lines the, this couple could could look around and say you know what here we are we've got these three kids we're a really good looking couple mm-hmm. the dog is great we've got this house in a town that is now nice because the town next to it melrose went from being essentially a Stoneham, Massachusetts went went from a B minus town to an A plus town. So this is the next one to do it. So this is what's happening, and it's happening more and more. And so at some point, they're going to have to make the decision as to whether or not they, mm-hmm. this couple, are comfortable with the 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 American dream that they've attained. Whether that's something they're comfortable with, whether they assume that their toil and the money they put in and the time they put in. Um, was paid off in a just way, or if they're living on stolen land, and whether or not um, they have benefited from systems that have be, have been disadvantageous to uh, minorities. So they're going to have to deal with that in their minds to see to see, decide what kind of people they're going to be when they show up for town meeting to talk about overrides for property tax, etc. Well, and the other piece of this, too, is that, like, liberal policies everywhere are actually, you know, actively failing, right? Yes. So people are paying big money to be in these, like, what were once gateway cities, really. Like, you know, big time immigrant populations, lots of minorities, like, sort of, like, the first town you move to when you make it to America, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, and these are... You know, these places were, like you said, kind of fringy. Now they're trendy to live there because it's got proximity to Boston. They're on the commuter rail. You can head into the city. And they're paying all this money and they're living in absolute chaos. I mean, like, okay, like Melrose and Malden aren't really that bad. But like, but for what you pay to live there... I just felt it was like out of step mm-hmm. with the reality. Like we, we would have paid double what we paid for this house when we bought it if we bought this house in Melrose. Oh, yeah. And we would have paid all that money and we would have still been going to, yes, a cute downtown, but a downtown where there's like routinely people begging for money and like needles and used condoms on the street. Like, yes, but but at the same time, everybody, most of the people are highly college educated to live there. Um, right. And, you know, even so... And, and they if, can't if, see the line if, between their political preferences and DAs who don't prosecute anything exactly. and people deciding we're going to decriminalize every crazy behavior and family and social breakdown and having a bunch of druggies living outside their house. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't see the connection between those things. And, like, I just don't understand yeah, but that comes why... From, and that's the point, Alice. I think the mm-hmm. point is, is that at some point they're going to have to decide whether or not they feel guilty right about having all these things that they've they've accrued and whether or not they do and so so most of the beautiful towns in the northeast have decided yes we are guilty and Mm -hmm. so the board of ed meetings has to do with taking away the name sachems or taking away warriors or chieftains it doesn't matter we have to we feel guilty so we need to take something from us 
Of course, it makes no real sense to do that. All you're doing is erasing Indian stuff, but that that's fine. It's been the, the consensus is among progressives that we have to self-flagellate a little bit mm-hmm. here because we're really awesome and we're not actually going to spend our time helping people in the inner city. So we're going to do performance art here out in the leafy suburbs where there are no actual black people uh, to make ourselves feel good. And we're going to have Facebook. But by the way, your Facebook friend, the crazy person in Merrimack, oh, booted me from a conversation. I was removed from a conversation. Oh, uh, wow. Another. It's, 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 that's another. You situation. commented on her stuff. Yes, I oh, I stay away guy, from yeah. that. So, so, so. Anyway, so they decided that we're all going to feel guilty about something, and so, so they they only go with the idea that the norm is bad. Mm-hmm. Everything that's bad, normal is bad. And what we must do is show this, do this performance that shows just how affirming of everybody we are. So if some dude for this month mm-hmm. twerks in front of some kid, it is really, really um, affirming. And it shows a real incredible compassion for a parent to say, you know what? Yeah, we're going to affirm that makes him happy. And that's normal. And so that's what we're seeing more and more of. Mm-hmm. All these things, because the idea is that everything in this country is built on something malevolent. It's all, all the origins of this country are bad. So new stuff that seems weird, no. We're not going to do to these, to the trans ideologist people and the twerkers, et cetera. We're not going to do to them what we did to the Indians and to the South and to the slaves, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, and not that we basically already have, according to those people. Oh right, no, no, absolutely, uh, certainly. <laughs> We've already that, done that, which is why, people. which is why now, you know, now since the, the police killed a man in Minneapolis, now is the time where we have to reevaluate everything, and so we're reevaluating everything. So, so people go into the and, and for that couple that I saw today, mm-hmm. they're going to feel incredible pressure. To subscribe to everything that their neighbors subscribe to. And so that means we're not even starting with lawn signs here, but, you know, showing up at this meeting and saying that and this and that. I mean, they're going to be at some point expected to um, not only shout their complicity and guilt, but affirm um, that they want this horrid community to enjoy radical change whatever it is. And so they're going to be expected to this. And where's, we see this more and more. And it was something that was, used to be funny, and it's not anymore. Right. And, and for instance, like in, um, in West Hartford, Connecticut, they had a, they, they were two names of the school mascots were the Chieftains and the Warriors. And uh, seven years ago, the Board of Education said, we can't have the depictions of Indians under these things. We have to change them. And there was debate, and, and the people on the right said, no, that's a slippery slope, because you're going to want to change the logos, and then you're going to change names. And they said, no, no, we just want to get rid of, you can't lampoon somebody, you can't have a picture of somebody in headdress, because that's belittling them, and you don't know, and that's steal, you're stealing from them. So, so, so they got rid of those depictions seven years ago, and just last week now got rid of the names. And then there'll be something else going. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see how it's possible that they're letting there be a lacrosse team there. How are you going to deal with that? Lacrosse is an right. Indian sport. How? What are we doing here? But I'm sure. I mean, the, the, the idea is to never stop. You can never stop, never stop, never stop. 
Yeah, you always so, have to go on to the next thing. And the problem is, like, some of the stuff is just silly stuff, like the names, even though obviously that has a lot of um, emotional and nostalgia value for people, especially people that played on those sports teams and want their kids to grow up and play on those sports teams and everything else. So it's just that stuff is just like taking a little bit from mm-hmm. you, just, you know, to make sure you feel the pinch of it. But there's also like real stuff that they do that actually has real world consequences too. Did you see the New York Post story about the Bronx schools today? With the Bronx teacher? Um, This came out this weekend because they're doing restorative justice in the schools, which means they don't punish kids for anything or like put them in the school to prison pipeline or anything else. Um, so here's this story in the New York Post. This is from yesterday. Suspensions in New York City public schools are plummeting as the Department of Education pursues a push to soften school discipline under the banner of restorative justice. In reality, measures like mediation are not happening at all in many schools, and kids have learned that rule breaking carries no consequences with disastrous results. Here, a veteran teacher at a Bronx high school tells the Post in detail about the ultra violence that hands off policies have wrought. So this is to be because we were because George Floyd died. Mm-hmm. We're now going to be extra super nice to a uh, majority minority school districts, the kids there, which means that we're going to let a small number of kids with serious problems terrorize everybody else in the building. <laughs> I've taught at a small high school in the Bronx for 15 years. We always had problem kids, but recently it's out of control. One incident this year could have been a bloodbath, a gang altercation in the middle of the hallway in the middle of the school day. One kid pulled a box cutter and just started slashing. The only thing that stopped it from being more savage is they were all wearing such baggy clothes and so many layers, the kid ended up cutting everyone's clothes to shreds. Teachers are constantly getting verbal threats from students when we ask them to follow basic school rules. A few weeks ago, a female colleague asked a student to put his phone away during class. And he told her, I know where you live. I'm coming after you. The woman was so frightened she had to call a family member to come escort her home. None of these kids were suspended. Our principal's hands are tied. The pressure they are receiving from above is not to suspend students or take any punitive measures at all, meaning there's no accountability for any bad behavior. It's a culture of sweeping things under the rug. And the kids know it. I can say whatever I want, do whatever I want, and there really are no consequences. All we can do is just hope these kids will get transferred out and we can regain a sense of calm. A safety transfer means the kid gets assigned to a different school, any school that has an empty seat. And when they say safety transfer, we don't know if the kid coming to us is the perpetrator or the victim. So the troublemakers just become the next school's problem. It's a revolving door. The message we get from higher ups is that it's the teachers who are wrong. Like, what could you have done to trigger this? Or you can't relate to them. It's never maybe this student can't be here. It's never this behavior shouldn't be allowed. What kills me is that the majority of our kids are good kids, great kids. All they want is to come to school and not be bothered. In my school, we have under 400 students. It's maybe eight or 10 kids tops causing all the chaos. But those kids can really do true damage. And it's the majority, the good kids getting robbed of their sense of safety. I work with good teachers. Our hands... are tied our administrators they care but when you have this cloud of violence hanging over you and your hands are tied what can you do but feel like it's hopeless and so you know you have these woke policies they were pushing this restorative justice approach in the melrose schools too and positive behavioral intervention systems pbis and you know (laughs) like that stuff works with good kids but you have school districts where you have kids that are a problem a serious problem but 
you know, they don't want to feed them into the school to prison pipeline, so they won't involve the police. And you, they don't want to send kids with serious mental health problems to special schools because they have the school district has to pay for that and it costs a lot of money. So their preference is to have kids be in district in the least restrictive possible environment. And it really just causes an environment where nobody can learn anything because you're letting a few kids destroy the school day for everybody else. It doesn't take that many people who are crazy to ruin things for everybody. And it's it really then it feeds into you know, having people who are in gangs or drug addicted or violent, mm-hmm. like out on the streets, then once you get out of the schools and it's like a real problem elsewhere, too. Did you see the MBTA story I sent you? Uh, I'm not sure. So the MBTA is implementing a new program um, because they have a problem with people peeing in the elevators in T-stops. Right. Because they no longer have public bathrooms at many of the stations because they just turn into places for homeless people to live in right. the bathrooms. So they don't have that anymore. So now people are just peeing in the elevators. So they now, the MBTA it has a new program coming where they're going to have um, a urination sensors in the elevators <laughs> that are going to detect the smell of right. pee in the elevator. Right. And then when the sensor goes off, uh, it will alert the transit ambassadors who can dispatch oh, a cleaning I'm, I'm crew. I'm sure the ambassador will get right on that. <laughs> it will dispatch a cleaning crew. So it's still not, not allowed to pee in the elevator. They're not going to put up a camera and catch the person and punish them for public urination in the elevator in the MBTA stop. They just get to do that, but they'll just p- put a sensor in, and when the sensor goes off, they'll send a cleaning crew to come clean the elevator. The sensors on the ceiling of the elevator have an attached fan, which allows them to suck in air and smell what is present, says Megan Collins, a program projects manager for the MBTA. The pilot program kicks off in August. More like MPTA, right? Data will be collected for several months before the agency makes a decision about whether to implement the program. Alice. I heard it's money. The MBTA hopes the programs alleviate the problems. Public urination is not only unsanitary, but can damage the elevators. So this is how we're living now. Did you remember when Menino put in the the automatic bathrooms no. in Boston? I think there were two or three that he put in because they need we needed public restrooms because um because uh tourists, et cetera, would need to go to the bathroom somewhere. Right. So you don't remember this? So it's a self cleaning restroom, you remember that? Mm-mm. So it was one in front of City Hall and one uh, it was near the north end. So you'd go in there, you'd hit the, you'd do your thing, mm-hmm. you'd then leave, and it then would fill up, spray itself, or wash itself <laughs> down, or whatever. Anyway, it was- I a- don't remember that. I do remember for a while, those things were advertised on TV all the time, and we made our mom get one that you would hang in the shower, and it would automatically spray your shower with a thing. Do you remember that? Oh, uh, it was like a thing that you would hang in your shower, and it would like spray. Oh yeah, but this and it was, was supposed yeah. to self-clean your shower for you. Oh really? I liked it. I, I would. I liked it. <laughs> no, but this was a severe like this was law. <laughs> like a car wash. <laughs> yeah, it was. But anyway, so all of this is based on the the ideology that we live in a terrible society that needs to be fixed. So mm-hmm. you, the, what you've got to do is go in and destroy all the institutions, then replace them with the stuff that you like. That's the idea, yeah. right? And so I was just listening to um, Douglas Murray. He's on a book tour. And I just I thought, maybe I should book him. And then I realized I tried to book him, and they, they blew me off. So I just circled back with his uh, 
publicist. But anyway, one of the things that they tried to that they want to they want to destroy, of course. Um, and this is out of from Douglas Murray's book, but mm-hmm. he says it eloquently. So you you have to say you have to find the most revered and cherished people in history. So in England, that's Churchill. You have to mm-hmm. say he's unacceptable. So if Churchill's unacceptable, the guy who saved the island, well then. Everybody's unacceptable. Yeah, ironically, a lot of them go around calling him a white supremacist and right. a Nazi now, which is oh, of course they are yeah. a little out of but contact. It's the same here with Lincoln. You got to get rid uh-huh. of the name Lincoln, and they they're doing that as well. And because so if Lincoln's like he, I believe was part of the abolitionist movement. I think he mm-hmm. was part. I think he kept him up at night. Well, it's just funny too because even a couple years ago, when they were taking down the Confederate statues, mm-hmm. and Trump was saying they're going to come for Mount Rushmore, and everybody was like, "No, no, no! Don't be ridiculous! No slippery slopes here!" And that was like part of the whole Charlottesville thing that happened and all that stuff. He said they were going to come for Mount Rushmore, and everybody was like, "That's so ridiculous!" Mm-hmm. And not, but yeah, everybody on Mount Rushmore is. Well, he was all obviously right because he's a guy with instincts. Yeah. And we can't, and they are renaming schools named after mm-hmm. Washington and Jefferson and Roosevelt and everybody. Like, there's no, nobody's safe. Lincoln's right. not safe. I mean, like, in five years, probably they're going to be calling Obama a white supremacist or something. Um, Very possibly. Very possibly. So, anyway, I just want to read something here. This is a, just a bit of what Douglas Murray wrote on this subject. And. He went through the trans stuff, etc. So you destroy women, the idea of women. Mm-hmm. So get rid of that institution as well, which is like it's more than an institution. And then you can start afresh. So, I mean, these guys who were twerking all weekend during Pride Month where we're learning from re- delivery companies how to have good... We didn't play that on this podcast. I think you just did that on your show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can. Should we? Yeah, we should do that. Okay. If people haven't heard let's, that yet. So let's... We'll get... We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll... We'll hit uh, the whole pride thing in a, in a second. Okay. And, um, yeah, okay. And actually, that's that's also another great example. Hide the, you know, you stick the ter- twerking guy in front of the kids in the whole tolerance for gay people movement. Wrap it in there so, you know, it's uh, human shields. You know, yeah. where, so you're attacking gay people. Now, if you have mm-hmm. a problem with pride because... Pride, what I've seen uh, recently here on social media and from friends and listeners right now is that pride means a lot of twerking in front of kids, a lot of that. But anyway, so he t- he, t- he touches on the, the whole trans thing, et cetera. Um, and he says, many of the deranging claims of our era, era are far more important than men saying that they're women. It is only three years since the New York Times decided to publish a project which sought to reframe the founding date of America. No more 1776. Everything you were taught in school was wrong. From now on, the authors of the project claimed the founding date of America should be seen to be 1619, the date the slaves arrived in America, because then all of American history could be seen through the soul-defining lens of slavery. This is a deranging claim in itself. At the time that the first slaves arrived in America, every civilization in the world practiced slavery. There was nothing unique about America. But once the claims of activist non-historians like the 1619 Project are spun through social media, they enter a new realm entirely. For history is all about context, and social media has no context because it has no history. As I point out in my new book, The War in the West, perhaps as many as 12 million 
Africans were trafficked across the Atlantic in the transatlantic slave trade. At the same time, as many as 18 million were sold to the east from Africa in the Arab slave trade. Why are no descendants? Why are there no descendants of slaves in the Arab lands as there are in this country? Because the Arabs castrated all of the male Africans they brought so that there would be no next generation. This does not diminish the horrors of any one slave trade, but it puts the American slave trade into context. But social media and the claims that are made on it do not encourage context any more than they encourage nuance. They are reductive models of, of communication that encourage not just brevity and short attention spans, but dogmatic simplicity. Take something like American history, pretend that it is only a story of evil, and spin it through the cycle of social media, and no wonder that there are times when you wonder what on earth is happening to this country. Two years ago, there was even an attempt on social media to claim that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is a white racist concept. As a result, activist mathematicians busied themselves trying to prove that 2 plus 2 could equal 5. The results were not persuasive, <laughs> but they were certainly deranging, like so much else in our day. It was an attempt to kick away at the building blocks of everything we know, to persuade us that up is down and left is right. It is going to require a hard head to get through this era. To stay sane as the virtual world swirls around us, the best way to survive it, it will, will be to, to, to survive it will be to hang on to the things we know to be true and have the confidence to stand our ground, however maddening the winds blow. But, you know, it, who's, who's taught that about the Arab tra slave trade? Who no, taught I that, that, that most, of the, most of the slaves who were sold out of Africa were slaves sold from people who from the towns next door who they conquered and then impressed into slavery and then sold to white mm -hmm. people. Yeah, and actually, usually kids are taught that the um, the transatlantic slave trade was especially bad because we uh, had slaves have kids and then their kids would also be enslaved, which is what makes it like chattel slavery, right? So, which implies that they believe that the Arab version is a kindness, mm -hmm. right? that not having kids of slaves is, is a positive. But yeah, I mean, there have obviously been slave societies all throughout the ancient world, certainly. I mean, and, and there are today societies that treat people as slaves. Look at China. And there will be in the future slave societies because it's one of the things that humans do if there's mm -hmm. no controlling influence uh, around the ethics of forced labor. But it's something right. people do to each other when they can a lot of times. Well, right. And it would have been unusual to be against slavery. It was just one of the things that was out there. In 1650, slavery was a thing, like anything else was a thing. And that's not great, but it is what it is. And I'm sorry about that. The Indians had slaves. People should know, okay? That was the time. The time was not great. But so this, this idea that, first of all, we have been having a conflict about slavery in the United States since before we, we were the United States. Mm -hmm. There were um, religious sects in this country and abolitionists since day one who did not think that this was a good thing whatsoever. And there is... Um, and abolition was uh, very strongly a Christian movement, certainly. And obviously, the, the detractors from that would say that, um, you know, people who were pro-slavery also attempted to use Christianity to mm -hmm. um, 
to justify what they were doing in some way. But I will say that I think their arguments were less persuasive in the long term and that they had to twist and turn a bit more to try and justify themselves. I don't think that um, I don't think that it's possible to take the Bible and the things that it says about slavery and and think that the Bible is pro-slavery because it's written in a time when people had slaves certainly Mm -hmm. um you know it doesn't the bible doesn't necessarily make an idol out of any political issues of the time put it that way it's not it's not about tearing down and rebuilding society necessarily because it's about another world another kingdom another life like and and living life in this world as though you're already living in another world right so it's not particularly concerned with the political concerns of the day it doesn't tell you what you should be doing politically and it was written by and for people who weren't political at all but it's it's hard to read the bible and come away with a sense that you're supposed to be enslaving other people (laughs) i think it's hard to all right um, I want to move on to something else that has to do with what we were teasing right then. Okay. Okay. This is, I don't know if you knew that this was happening, but people are boycotting Martin's potato rolls. Did you know that? Why? Do you know what Martin's potato rolls are? It's in their bread aisle. They're rolls. Yeah. Et cetera. They're, 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 you, you, you would recognize. They're a type of bread. You would recognize the package. It's okay. one of the ones we don't ever get, but it's in there. It's Mr. Anthony watching Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Is Jimmy here yet? Uh, no, not yet. And James okay. is taking a shower. Okay. Oh, well. Great. Yeah, and so I'm going to take one after him, and then he's going to watch the little kids. Excellent. Look at this teamwork. <sighs> okay. People are boycotting Martin's potato rolls for founders' ties to a far-right po- politician. Some food industry folks have decided to part ways with the beloved burger buns due to the maker's political ties. Martin's famous pastry shop has captivated northeastern taste buds for generations with its just right amount of sweet and ultra puffy to potato rolls and bread. In recent years, the family business has become a nationally known brand for supplying Shake Shack um, with its burger buns. Recently, a controversy around Jim Martin, a controversy around Jim Martin, the company's executive chair and former president, his son Tony is now president, and his family have consumers questioning which side of the brand's bread. The beside the brand's bed, bread is buttered on. Sorry, it's written like that. Sorry, I read it like that. The the past week news emerged that Martin is a backer of Doug Mastriano. That's a Pennsylvania governor candidate. Pennsylvania governor candidate. Uh, was he the one who was just arrested? No, that's Michigan. Okay, Doug Mastriano, the Trump endorsed Republican nominee for governor of Pennsylvania, who was subpoenaed for involvement in the 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, according to NBC News, Mastriano, who has campaigned at events alongside, uh, who listen to this, how artfully this is written. According to NBC News, Mastriano, who has campaigned at events alongside QAnon adherents, mm-hmm. he's campaigned at, at events alongside QAnon adherents, was on restricted capital g- grounds on January 6th, just feet from rioters uh, breaching police barricades. He has said he left before the riot. Mastriano built his brand and loyal following by doggedly seeking to overturn President Joe Biden's win in Pennsylvania. His campaign was infused with the themes of Christian nationalism, according to NBC News. And just like NBC News, Mastriano was raising money off stolen election claims, they say. 
Um, uh, Mastrano has advocated for no exceptions in an abortion ban and has introduced a bill that would bar abortions. So anyway, the bread company now, they're hunting down a bread company. Because somebody at the bread company supports somebody for governor that they don't like. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So this is what happens. Um, This is what the left does. Yeah, or like the football coach guy right right jack del rio jack del rio yeah who wasn't adamant enough hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. In his description of January 6th, so some a man came and took his money from him. Which <laughs> is how that works now. He's called it a dust-up, which is not good enough. So somebody took his money from him, $100,000, which is effed up, which is... Well, I can tell you one thing. It's not going to engender a lot of support from sort of, I don't know if I'd call us moderate right-wing people or what I'd call us, but we certainly were very down on the whole January 6th Capitol thing. But I can tell you that if their aim is to like form a coalition of people who are united against people rioting at public buildings and storming in and taking over and uh, knocking over police officers and pepper spraying them who are in their way, which, like, I'm against that, to be clear. Um, If you're trying to form a coalition with me, then complaining about what words I use to describe the riot and finding me $100,000 is not a way to get me to see myself as an ally with you against like behaviors that I don't want to see in the public sphere. You know what I mean? So yes. And so, and so that the, the, like I'm now on the side of the rioters if I'm whatever that guy's name is. So the bread people have to be boycotted because he supports a candidate who may have been involved in a protest slash riot, et cetera. Okay. I mean, there's people around here that, we know that went to the Capitol on January 6th, like didn't go into it, like just went to Trump's speech and then walked towards the Capitol and then went home and like had a normal day. But it's all being conflated by the left as like all okay. some terrible thing that if right. you even went there, you're evil. So let's look at some businesses on the on the uh, who are um, all in for Pride Week. And you tell me if they should uh, enjoy, uh, you know, unblemished uh um, you know, um, marketplace uh, capture. This is the company called Postmates. Mm-hmm. They deliver food, 
right? Yes, it's like, like Uber f- Eats or something. Fooder. You can order food for yourself. This is yes. an ad they have on the web. I'm not sure where else it is, but it's on the web here. This is uh, called Eat with Pride. What are you eating this pride? Well, if you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve? So already here, top as in gay man sex. Yes. The guy in the top and the guy in the bottom. Mm -hmm. Literally, this food delivery company is using the exact vernacular and is running some odd PSA for this. Yeah, because it's not fair that if you do that, if you're the bottom, that you can't eat as much because... Not this pride. Introducing the bottom-friendly menu from Postmates. We teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical to bring you a menu of bottom-friendly foods backed by science. Insoluble fiber won't help you feel cute, so avoid the... Insoluble fiber won't help you feel cute. Things like whole grains, wheat bran, cauliflower, potatoes, legumes. Hold up. Are you just fully diving into those beans? The problem with these foods is they don't dissolve in water, which could cause a traffic jam in your digestive system, making a mess of your evening. Speaking of messy, it's a good idea to avoid dairy. Yes, you I did just hear that. Lactose, right? You just did hear that. A traffic jam, which will make a mess. Mm-hmm. So in other words, while you're enjoying the activities that come... With pride. Right. Um, you want to make sure that there's not a mess because of the stuff you've eaten previously... This is mm-hmm. a the com- ad, by the way. It's a an eggplant in bondage gear and a peach in what looks like a diaper. And this is a company that delivers food. That's <laughs> the supposedly their model. It's supposedly not consultation on <laughs> gay sex. Right, now look at it. If you're going to eat something insoluble, give your body about twenty four hours to process all of it. Eat me. Okay, so that's fine. Now, at some point in the comments, um, in the comment, um, what do they say essentially? What do they say? Somebody basically says, like, this is the allyship we need, or whatever. If you're not going to tell us how to have sex, then, like, is it even really pride or something? Like, so this apparently, this is what the woke activists want but i can't it's um it doesn't seem highly related to food delivery to me the ad i have to be honest with you no and they they then replied back yeah something along the lines of did you see it yeah they replied back and like agreed that it was yeah of course we're gonna teach you how to have sex so that's kind of like that's what we do Um, the surgeon by the way that they consulted specializes in like repairing uh damaged that part of the body from that so i mean like it's so i wish it were still as shocking as it should be because it's really like the fact that companies are playing stuff like this and just like putting this out here we've come a long way from like marriage should be between well, right. a man and a woman of Barack Obama 2008. So this is here, and this is before we go, we'll play this one. This is Nike. 
And this is a you Nike. You might have played the Nike. Did I play it? I think you did do mm. Nike on our show. Okay, like. it's this one. What I'm doing is creating Vogue classes and creating safe spaces for... Vogue classes for children, in other words. So, so that is where we are here, mm-hmm. which is, of course, completely and totally um, insane. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you're a Patreon listener, you can head on over there, and there is a Patreon show going to be up over there. That's patreon.com slash burnbarrel. Um, you can also always find us for free at burnbarrelpodcast.com. There's links to all the different places to listen. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Rumble. You can chat with us on Twitter at burnbarrelpod, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast, or email us burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, uh, you know, I guess continuing where we left off, um, the, I, it, this all-out push now, it's interesting. It's it's like the, the right came out with this strategy to start calling people who want to talk sexually with children groomers, whether teachers or, 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 or drag queens or whatever, people who want, to, who want to interact sexually with children, they started calling them groomers, which is... Which is based in reality, first of all, that this is a known tactic of people who um, who abuse children is one of the things that they do is they expose them to sexual content um, and get them comfortable with it. And they'll say stuff like, well, you're mature. So like, I'm going to show you or you can handle this. And I, I, you know, I wanted to Mm -hmm. show you this thing. Like that's, that's something that people do who want to create a sense of comfort with children around sexual things. And I mean, very frequently it's somebody known to your, known to your family, like, or a relative or whatever, Mm -hmm. because it's usually people close to children who abuse them, not like strangers. But, um, you know, it really that this is what they do is they build up a rapport of trust with kids. And one of the things that they do when they're building up that rapport is they expose kids to pornography, to sexual content, mm. talk to them about sexual topics, try and create a relationship where like you can talk to me even if you can't talk to your parents. You know, you can you can share this. We can talk about this stuff. We have that kind of relationship. <laughs> I'm open with you, you know, and and that's the reason why people are calling it grooming behavior is because it's literally out of the pedophile handbook. You know, wanting to talk to kids about sexual things. That's not to say that everybody who wants to talk to kids about sexual things is trying to sleep with them, but that that is something that people who want to sleep with kids do in order to gain right. their trust. So, so it, there's all sorts of footage now. It's like it's like the left has hit the gas in... Uh, not only resenting being called groomers, but they're acting more groomery all the time. By the yeah. way, I think that this this although it's it, it can be used in an inflammatory way, just like you calling somebody racist is. I say, good. How's it feel? How's it feel for somebody to judge your character and say something so awful about you flippantly? He's using it too bad. Left. That's right. You're groomers. Sorry. So, um, so and there's all this stuff that that's showing that pe- people in parade floats. And this is the play, parade float thing in this culture is not really new, but it, making it ultra family friendly is because it's not family friendly. 
for frig's sake. I mean, you yeah. couldn't the equivalent with just chicks on a float is not legal and not happening. Right. And the idea that as well that these Oh, and somebody, there was like a big brouhaha on Twitter because somebody said like, oh, like if you bring your kids to Hooters, then like, how dare you be against drag queen story time? Like, first of all, the girls at Hooters are wearing clothes usually, like, <laughs> I mean, tight clothes, but yes, they're there's still no, like clothes. No but also parallel. like, but also there's not generally like the Hooters girls dance club night at my kid's elementary school. I don't usually see any taxpayer-funded right, kids also, Hooters girls the events. Hooters girls, it's, it would be weird if the there Hooters were. Hooters girls aren't. Their job is not that. No time they don't clock into work and start twerking in front of kids and patrons. They're waitresses. Yeah, they're, they're sling, just serving food. I'm, I guarantee you that they are not feeling sexy. Back no. of the house for greasy food that's that's shooting grease at them to the front of the house. They also, the- and I don't think I've ever eaten at a Hooters, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe that you tip your waitress at Hooters by having your child stick cash mm-hmm. into her underwear. I'm right. pretty sure that's not which a is one of the things thing. happening at these drag things because adults are letting their kids be part of these these sex shows, which is. And to be clear, I'd be against that too. Right. <laughs> I also wouldn't want my kid doing that. Like I don't. What is wrong with everyone? Had has like. In order to argue for this and pretend that it's normal, you either have to be deeply, deeply delusional or you have to just be evil and just lying. Because it's so clear, I think, to everybody sane that what people are exposing kids to is not appropriate children's content in any way, shape or form. And like everybody is either lying to themselves or lying to you that it's okay. Right. And, and there's one that's happening in Hartford. I saw the event and said top notch entertainment. Now there are, is it a church? It's a church. There are drag shows. Church for a family friendly drag show. There are drag shows that that like star a, a, a share knockoff who's sings and and or Judy Garland or I'm sure Lady Gaga now and Madonna etc. Mm-hmm. There's some of those where there are actually talented singers, men acting as women, but mostly and what I've seen both in person and online, mostly you have some dude twerking and lip syncing and and, and usually they just suck. There's no that these that is not a show. It's not talent. You're letting some dude lip sync to somebody who has talent and just dance badly and in like a harlot, like I said. Like the dance badly and lampoon women at their most uh like lampoon femininity completely by the gyrating and joke. I feel, I feel like I'm Ed Sullivan talking about Elvis here. It's no, offensive, but, but I like I just can't say it cleanly. Right. But I think too that I also think that a lot of what they do, if women were doing it, I also wouldn't like that. I didn't like the J Lo and Shakira halftime show a couple years ago at the Super Bowl. I thought that was not uh family appropriate television either. Like with dan- pole dancing and stuff. I, I like I don't think I don't think you should be showing that to your kids. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird if you want to show that to kids. And I don't understand what possible value people think it's bringing to their kids' lives to show them that. And also, it's another attack on women, too. If you, I, I saw that Barstool had a video out of Dua Lipa. Did you see it w- with her working the microphone, essentially? 
No, but I believe it. Um, it is. It's. 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 If you're a guy who's twenty years old, you're like fantastic. Let's hope she's a great model of behavior for young girls. Be I, like this. Serve yourself up as sexually as possible to the idiot boys. There you go. Yeah, it seems like the reverse of the feminism empowering message that everybody was for like a few minutes ago. It's really weird that they're like encouraging this behavior both from women and from men pretending to be women. It's really shocking, honestly. And yeah, Dua Lipa was at some awards show a couple years ago, too, where she was wearing this pink outfit that left extremely little to the imagination. Extremely. I mean, it was like... I mean, talk about hip bone. It was like cut all Who? the way in Dua Lipa. Like oh, right. some like pink swimsuity looking outfit that was like cut way high. I was in shock. I mean, and I'm like, not, I don't think I'm that prudish about stuff. Honestly, you didn't even want me to show Sally like Britney Spears videos because you thought and I thought they were like fine. But but because you saw them as like too sexual. Yeah. Like, oops, I did it again and, like, hit me baby one more time. You thought that was, like, not appropriate for a kid to see. Uh, but, like, I mean, those songs were out when I was that age and okay. I saw those videos. Well, that's like, fine. Th- those songs were out when I was 30 and me and, <laughs> and my saw guys saw too. those, too, and were absolutely <laughs> but enthused. Like, but, I mean, like, I do you think those are as risque as what these singers like Dua Lipa and, like, J-Lo and Shakira are doing now? They're a little more nuanced and cute. There's when did we talk about this? Talk about this about the Britney oh we don't you know who we were talking about was um, Claudia Conway. That's yes, what it yes, is. yes. We were talking about Claudia Conway. Right in, in, in the Britney Spears thing. I mean, it's these are known. These are known thing like Britney Spears the schoolgirl outfit the schoolgirl outfit it's a thing it's a category and <laughs> the oops I did Tom, it again is oh I, is, is, is the spacesuit thing right which is obviously excellent very form fitting and at one point I think she's tied up in the thing or clamped to the, but it's also just the whole it was the song was probably must have been written by a guy oops I did it again I can't help being a bad girl that's those are messaging made to get men <laughs> you know attentions or you know um, but this thing with like with the Claudia Conway stuff, who's Kellyanne's daughter, who um, who is still not eighteen, she is seventeen, right? right. Um, it, but but anyway, she's on the internet very inappropriately, just kind of ex- just kind of exposing herself. And there's no cute. Oops, I did it again. There's no s- semi subtle, pe- um, uh, but suggestive. Um, um, uh, well, about yeah. Paris Hilton eating a greasy hamburger with grease running down. There's not. It's not those things that are like wink, wink. You know what's happening. It's all. It's blatant. Look at my anatomy stuff, and it's well, like right. whoa. It's like, and this is where I think the drag stuff comes in too, because I think this concept of like what female sexuality is has like so taken over, and and I do think that the mainstreaming of drag has has impacted like the way society in general sees female sexuality, and like, and I think even like the trends that you see on Instagram and like what the Kardashians and stuff have done to their faces with plastic surgery and all this stuff. And like you said, it, it's like everybody's trying to look like a blow up doll all the time. It's like so out there. And, and I think that, you know, that young women are looking at this and trying to look like that. And it's not, 
I mean, late teens or women in their late teens and early 20s, if they're slim and have a pretty face, are going to be really attractive doing almost anything and wearing almost anything. Mm -hmm. It's just like part how the cookie crumbles, right? And um the and they know it generally a lot of the time. But the way that they're putting it out there now, the way that they're doing their makeup and their hair and the clothing that they're wearing is so just like blatant like I mean Claudia Conway is on Instagram with like in like bathing suits that show like her entire underside of her boobs like I mean they're mm-hmm. they're not covering anything and it's astonishing to me that she's under 18 and her parents are letting her do this and she can just put this content out there I don't it's see like how it's legal because in, in one of the ones that we saw yesterday she's got a bathing suit on but she's pulling it down with her hand which is exposing an area that I mean how is that legal if she's under 18 yeah, I mean, like, just because things are, like, technically still, like, not showing in the and picture. It's not, like, it's and guys, real- I know the guys are going to, guys, it's not good. It's not what you want. It's not, that's why when we're talking about it, it's not seductive, alluring, or, like, good n- n- naked. It's, it's, it's crude. It's base. It's something, it's not okay. It's, like... It's just not good. I'm. It's. It, I guess Seinfeld would say it's bad naked, or whatever. But it's just not. It's not. Nobody's naked. Okay. But but it. It's just not good. It's just not good. And. I, I don't know. I, I love feel Kelly really, and Conway. I do I just, too. I I really feel bad for the Conways, and I really feel bad for Claudia Conway. And one of the things she was on the View last week uh, talking about her book. She has a book out. And one of the Claudia things, does. Or, or Kelly. No, no, Kellyanne. Yeah. Um and, um. One of the things Kellyanne talked about in her book is that Taylor Lorenz was talking to Claudia online and claiming that they were peers and mutuals because they follow each other on TikTok. This is like a 40-year-old woman claiming she's buddies with a 15-year-old girl at that Mm -hmm. time to get her to talk about her mom. Like, oh, like she's complaining about her parents fighting all the time and all this stuff going on. And you have Kellyanne called Taylor Lorenz Peter Pan and said mm. it was creepy, which it is. It's creepy. Yeah. It's creepy that this 40-year-old well, woman Lorenz is like... Taylor is, is a creep. That's her whole yeah. thing. But it's creepy that this 40-year-old woman who, first of all, pretends she's younger than she is, but is like befriending a 15-year-old girl with famous parents on the internet and encouraging her to like tell her stuff. A Washington Post reporter. Is that what the Washington Post wants to be associated with and doing? By the way, the editor of the uh, Taylor Lorenz story got uh, his promotion rescinded and his whole department is at the features desk. He's the, He was one of the features editors and he was supposed to get a big promotion. And the whole features desk is now upset because they feel that he took the fall for something that wasn't his fault. So uh. they're like putting the whole Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Lorenz, sorry, screw up on him that um, that he it's his fault that. The huge editor's note and everything happened. Their editor's note, by the way, which the people they claim they reached out to still say isn't mm-hmm. accurate. And it's now like a paragraph long. It's. I can't believe they think they're running a serious newspaper over there. But um, yeah, we're we're in wacko territory. All this stuff. Pride Month and the the way it, Democrats deal with crime this is the and everything. TikTok, which is back, I guess. Um this is a teacher, queer sixth grade teacher, as she recounts coming out to her students. I've been wanting to do this for the past two years. 
Sorry, I'm like so emotional. Um, and I just haven't had the courage to do it out of fear of just judgment, mostly from their parents. But I had these kids in fourth grade and now I have them in sixth and I'm sending them to middle school and I love these kids so much and I trust them and they make me feel safe and I know they love me and it just felt right and I, I did it and it was so beautiful. <laughs> had so many questions which I loved they wanted to learn and they wanted to learn about me and they were so eager and a few of them clapped which was <laughs> so precious she should be in a squad car yeah adults don't need validation from children or shouldn't um yeah no healthy mentally healthy adults don't need validation from children if you if you need validation from sixth grade children as a so-called adult, then you need to uh, get therapy and not do it. I mean, that's that's my thing, too, about the teachers who do sleep with students. And I know you like some of them and don't have a problem with it. Um, I endorse those motorheads. Um, but the, the, the hot teachers. The with, hot girl teachers. Yes. With boys. With young men. Um. I'm not for it, and I'll tell you exactly why, is exactly this, is because I think it's coming from a similar mental place. I think these are women who need therapy, and but instead, they're seeking validation from children that they're beautiful and sexy, because they don't feel good about themselves, and they need just mental help. I, I, because I can't imagine, like, I, I don't know, I... I can't imagine being in my 20s or 30s and wanting to hook up with like a 14 year old. Like, I think you have to be because it's a child. It's a baby. Like, what do you if you're seeking validation, if you want that kid to think you're hot, then you have like deep mental issues. And and like the fact that it would even cross your mind to think of like a 14 or a 15 or 16 year old boy that way, like you you just you're mentally unstable there's no way around it so like i mean i know you think it's like not damaging to boy kids or whatever but like those are some deeply screwed up women who do things like that and like i i think it comes from a similar place of these teachers who need to come out as gay to their students and have the students clap for them like what is wrong with you what is wrong with you get a life yeah. Have a family, have a baby that will love you, okay? And then you won't need your students to clap for you when you come out of the closet, supposedly. Or just like Did you see the thing by Jennifer Channon today? Sleep with Did out you of the classroom. Um, yes. Yeah. It was this is That's, a it's a the story's a little old, but people were tweeting about it today cuz the um it's like from this December, yeah. Right. And it's a mother whose whose daughter um is now a boy. It's Clark instead of Claire. She says, I was, it was a November morning, and I was about to share on social media. I paused and reread my words for the 10th time. I'd like you all to meet Clark, formerly known as Claire. Clark prefers he, they, them pronouns. I would like to be known as my kid, my son, who, has, who is non-binary. Now, I don't know. How old is Clark? Little. Five, maybe six. Um, she said, our family's transition started with the most mundane dilemma, a pile of dirty laundry. It was a summer morning. We forgot to wash the kids' clothes, and it was time to go to preschool. Clark, who was Claire, the girl at that point, mm -hmm. threw a fit that there were only skirts in their dresser while their twin, Chloe, was fully dressed. My husband and I cajoled Clark, then Claire, to just get dressed. After crying, Clark finally said, 
I don't feel like me in skirts. It was a moment I realized that how we reacted would forever be cemented in my child's mind. I dug a pair of shorts out of the laundry hamper. It's, it was the moment she'd been waiting for, in other words, of course. because she read all the books from all the other activist moms yes. whose kids were trans, and she was thrilled that her kid didn't want to wear a skirt. Exactly. I dug a pair of shorts out of the laundry hamper, did a sniff test, ooh, and then handed them over. Clark's tears dried. Their smile appeared. I knelt down to my sweet child. Do you want me to get rid of your skirts and dresses? They nodded. See, well, they knew. They knew. Am I nuts that I think that you can let your kid wear the clothes that they want to wear and not have to reassign their gender? That you, I don't have to like call up and change their birth certificate just because they asked to wear freaking comfortable pants? It's an insanity, and unfortunately, <laughs> like, it's... What the, are we doing? Yes, what are we doing? Um, can I make one more point sure. before we go? Which is that I think we are in such a crazy place right now, and I think enough people realize it, and that that coupled with the economic pain that people are feeling and what and the worst economic pain that people are starting to see is coming down the pike, the Biden presidency is in really, really big trouble. Mm -hmm. And there are starting to be murmurings in the Democratic Party that he's not going to go quietly and do the just one term thing. So um, there was a whole um, article in the in New York Magazine and in the Intelligencer. And it, this is the headline. There has to be a backup plan. There's a backup plan, right? Inside the 2024 soul searching that's happening in every corner of the Democratic Party. On a Tuesday evening in April, nearly half a century after Joe Biden first publicly mused about running for president, an unsettled cross-section of the Democratic establishment assembled at Pinehurst, a golf resort in North Carolina. Inflation was at a 40-year high. Biden's disapproval rating sat at 56 percent, and editors at The New York Times were readying a front-page report on how his signature achievement, $1.9 trillion in coronavirus relief spending, has barely registered with voters. The lobbyists, donors, staffers, and elected officials were gathering for the spring policy meeting of the Democratic Governors Association, and the scheduled sessions concerned topics, blah, blah, blah. But between the panel discussions in the hallways and the cocktail reception, conversation shifted from grim, the midterms, to grimmer. The state of the party's planning for 2024, when Biden will stand for re-election on the eve of his 82nd birthday. Uh, it says he hasn't formally announced, but in his mind, there's no question he's running. Uh, top Democrat said, you know, he's not going to go as long as he's president. He's not going right. to. He's going to run. If he's alive. Right. He, they're going to. He's going to want to run. And people are freaking out because he. A, looks so bad and incompetent. They make a lot of excuses for him in here, too, because obviously they yeah, but like there was him. another Times article, wasn't there? It's just saying that Democrats are looking for somebody else. That's not this one, is it? Yeah, that's not this one. This, yeah. So there's starting to be more rumblings. But this one was fascinating because... This um, one I either read on the air or had read to me on a podcast, and I'm afraid, afraid tomorrow I'm going to read it on the air again. Mm -hmm. So they're saying there's no precedent for the volume of questions about... Uh, Biden's future is in her circles uh, insistence the doldrums will pass there's no cause for concern it's of little reassurance even to cl some close allies in the party one person who fits this description has tr tried casually mapping out ways Biden could get away with avoiding a re-election bid without losing face if it comes to that such as insisting he's too busy to campaign because he's trying to prevent Russia's invasion of Ukraine from turning into World War 3 sounds good do it 
Um, but then this person said they've been trying to convince him of this stuff. And they said that the fumes from the paint in the White House are pretty strong. Ooh. So this is his ally. This is his friend. Um, you know, but they're... There's a bunch of people looking at this, including Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Klobuchar, uh, Pete Buttigieg is definitely looking. There's a bunch of people who are Booker has a campaign apparatus going. There's a bunch of people here who are like waiting in the wings. I think he's going to have a primary whether he runs or not. And I mean, like he could if if the country looks like it looks right now and they get destroyed in the midterms like it looks like they're going to be because right now he's worse than Obama's approval ratings for the 2010 disaster in which you know not just they got destroyed in the midterms at the national level but like it was like a thousand seats in state houses across the country. Have you seen any head-to-head matchups? I haven't seen I I haven't looked at any new ones recently. I mean I know that there's um that you know that he's in bad shape he's in worse shape than obama at the same time in his presidency when he got absolutely wrecked in the midterms and he's and and kamala's in worse shape than he is and obama had some talent yeah Um, but he pushed the um healthcare the healthcare thing and that hurt him a lot but Mm -hmm. this this is worse because this is well as soon as somebody jumps in then i assume that you'd get the lbj thing from him I will not seek nor will I accept the party's nomination, and that would be it. Because if oh, I think so. But this if, is what if they're Klobuchar saying. jumps in, 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 in or, or suggests, and there's there's polling that shows her blowing him out of the water. Um, then it's Eugene McCarthy and LGBTQA plus again. Right. So this also was interesting. This article also said that um, he's not meeting with Kamala Harris anymore. That yeah. Harris has a report with Bi- rapport with Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, with whom she confers regularly, but Biden has let their regular lunch meetings slip from weekly to biweekly to just twice this year. Mm-hmm. The two get along, but when Harris tested positive for COVID, the administration was put in the awkward position of admitting she wasn't one of the president's close contacts. that constitutes an especially surprising situation but uh lacking biden's decades of experience harris was never going to play the role biden did for obama but her approval rating is 15 points below where biden stood at this stage in obama's first term and 11 below mike pence under trump yeah i think in remember biden was never a good brand he was terrible at running for president the previous at least two times and during obama remember he was all that they would say is he's like your crazy uncle Means well, yeah. though. Well, the crazy uncle is uh, in no bueno at this point. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the premise of the article is that Biden thinks he's the only person who can beat Trump, mm-hmm. that none of the other Democrats can beat Trump, and he thinks Trump's going to run again. So if Trump's there, Biden's going to run because he feels he has to save America from right. Trump. Oh, that's so, like, so, yeah, that's so good of him. Yeah. Um, but I think that. I think that this could be like an interesting historic election cycle oh. in 2024. And, and Bring I, think, it on. I think things could get a little wild and crazy. So we're like a, probably about a year out from people announcing their campaigns now. So I'm getting excited. Excellent. Clouds rolled in and I said, must have brought the rain from Boston. But you looked at me and I felt the sun. And I said, I don't usually burn, but I can feel you on my skin and 
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.